crowns and heads of conquered kings to my city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is American life. What's up, everybody? Welcome to American Noise, episode number five. I am your host, Tommy, and I'm joined here with Wilson. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's been a crazy week, but yeah, yeah. I'm good. I, I've, I've heard a, th- a thing or two. A thing or two, yeah. Um, how was your week? Um, it was. It was stressful, but not compared to other people's, I guess. I think yours is. I think yours takes the cake on that. Yeah, um, I kind of want to say something because a lot of people who listen to the podcast, they uh, they they kind of know the stuff that went on this week. Um, just want to let everybody know that everything's good. Um, I'm all right. Uh, thanks for everybody coming up and sending me text messages and calling me and everything and asking how I'm doing. Um, I wish I could say more stuff about it. I kind of. I mean, it's it's a good thing to talk about, but uh, right now I can't say anything. But just know that I'm doing good, and uh, it, it was a rough week, but I got through it. Um, and I guess on that note, a little awkward segue, but we have a, a very special guest today. Finally, we've hyped it up for like two weeks now, but we have... But we've been talking about it for years. Yeah, for years. 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 Dog years, maybe. Yeah. Um, but we're we're joined by... Uh, the toy stallion today, and uh, he's sitting here to my left. How are you doing? Hey guys, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. How was your week? It was good. I uh, had a few days off, had a few days of work, good balance, good time with the family and kids, and then uh, I started my journey here. And uh, as I was walking back, you ever see that movie Beer Fest? Yeah, you're in the scene where they have to make it back to the dungeon where Beer Fest is. Yeah, that's how I felt walking back. Here. <laughs> oh, is that what you meant that's, when you said that? Yeah. Okay. That's that's why we call it the caves of Northern California. Yeah, I had to duck and weave and. Yep, we make it hard. We, I think we there try was and a stay stay hidden. That asked me. A we we pay riddle. him. We pay him in, in <laughs> ferrets for him to eat. We do because they're illegal here. Yeah, and so we're helping out California apparently. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And then you might have you had to dodge all those you know bow and arrows flying at you. The, then the poison yeah, darts. Yeah, the poison darts. The golden mm-hmm. idol. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good stuff. I had a cheeseburger the... that weighed as much as the idol, so I switched them. <laughs> what wasn't that? Yeah. Oh, UHF. <laughs> <laughs> was that UHF Weird Al Yankovic when you did that? That's good times right there. Yeah. Uh, well, we're glad to have you finally. Uh, you're officially our second guest because Evelyn, my daughter, was number one, but you're our first planned one. Yeah. yeah. So we've been wanting to have you on for a while. Now, um, yeah, we won't get into that yet because we still got a couple of segments to do before that. But uh, yeah. before we begin, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Brandon K.O. Today's his birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Thanks he, for your lovely music. 
Yeah, he's the uh, stud behind the guitar at the beginning intro song. And the outro. And the outro. He turned a um, wonderful 25 years old today, guys. Oh, wow. And he's a young buck. So youthful. Yeah, <laughs> but there's only one stallion in this room. We know who that is. Yep. So I'm getting a little up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, your, your birthday is coming up, huh? It is. I'll be 34. Wow. Jeez. Such an old man. Wait, tell me, how old are you? 38. Oh, man. You start getting your AARP magazines soon. Is that why people you, are going to start thinking we know stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, is that why you, you, you come to the studio in a walker? It is. Well, partially because I hurt myself walking back here because of the dungeon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was wondering what that blue wheelchair placard <laughs> Well, I also <laughs> have that little uh, portable toilet because I'm also lazy. <laughs> so, you know. I'm sitting on it right now. You, that's why we're not going live at this one, so you can't see the toilet. So, but, All right. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to uh, just get into our beer segment here. All right. So the beers have been poured and we're ready to go. Um, we're going to start with, uh, you know, start with our fine guest today. Oh, yeah. I, I picked this one for you. I got this bottle so big. I know. Um, I I. I wanted a different beer that was themed more towards the firefighting but i guess they closed their doors can't find it anywhere but uh this one it kind of has to do with firefighting but i wonder if he has a good enough description like handy last week oh yeah no description can match that description (laughs) that was that was beautiful though i'm tasting um some amber ish like an amber type ale yeah who's amber Oh, maybe this is that one oh. that Andy was talking about. That's no. disgusting. Did no. she sell you the beer? <laughs> <laughs> see, what is that? Let's see. There Alaskan Brewing Company. Yep. So far, all I can see is gold medal beer. Gold medal beer. Smoked porter. Get it? Not get even it? close. Do you get Smoked. it? I do get it. I do get it. Yeah. Smoked. Now, because you really can't light beer on fire. Well, Stallion. And drink it. Fire, firefighter smoke. Dude. I like it. Really? That's no, good stuff. What's it say on it, on the below that gold medal beer? Does it have a description? Brewed in the last frontier. Enjoy it now or age it for several years. Whoa. Ooh. Maybe, maybe I should have got it like three years ago and then given it to you. 6.5% alcohol by volume. Natural sedimentation may occur. Oh, yeah. So don't don't tilt it up. Brewed in the Wild Frontier. Limited 2018 edition. I think that's a caribou on the... It looks like it. A little reindeer, you know? Yeah. What's the difference between a caribou and a moose? Uh, moose are, I think a caribou is more deer-like. Yeah. Moose is like horse-like. Moose is like double horse-like. Yeah, they're huge. Are they? Well, I've seen uh, Alaskan State Troopers mm-hmm. before, and I, I remember... I. Different antlers, too. Don't they kill people? Moose have like well, the, I don't, the well, satellite elk? looking Isn't elk just a big deer? As well, elk are pretty big. Elk are big. They're like they're like a horse. They're like yeah, horse or cow. I know that Wilson and I know very intimately the size of an elk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I do too. I, well, I'm not intimately. I had one chase me one time, and it was really weird. Those things are huge. We we had one chase the stallion's truck one time. The front of it was it like a scene from Jurassic Park? <laughs> must go faster. Must go faster. Not really. No, it 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 kind of ran into us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that what ran into your car when you were backing out? 
No, no, no. That was a different story. Entirely. <laughs> There's a lot of stories of me in vehicles. <laughs> but no, we were fishing on our way to fishing. And we knew there were a lot of elk on the side of the road, in this particular part of town. We saw them on the side of the Tons road. Everywhere. The, so the day before we went fishing as well, early in the morning, yeah. and we were driving down a dirt road and we're driving and all of a sudden you can, you can just feel, it felt like an earthquake and you hear this noise and you're like, is that thunder? But no, this was a herd of like 500 to a thousand elk just oh, really? across the yeah. dirt road in front of us. It took a good minute, minute and At a half. At least for them to all go by. I yeah. seen a video of like Buffalo doing that like in Montana and stuff. Or like Jumanji. Yeah. And then the fat rhinos in the back. Yeah. Huffing it. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks at, looks at Robin Williams like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we, we, we were driving on an actual road the next day, and there are some elk on the, on, in our lane. So Stallion here goes into the oncoming lane, which is okay. It's like 5 in the morning, and goes around these elk. Very slowly. Very slowly. And then he's like, okay, we're past the elk come back into my own lane right as an elk on the other side of the guardrail decides it's a good time to jump into the road and jumped right in front of the truck and i i well into the side of the truck yeah but i i saw an elk eyeball plastered against the windshield right in front of me oh so you won well we won yes it took a while for us to win it did uh it happened and called some people my dad and he he asked if it was dead. I said, I don't know. It's making noises. Oh, wait, the noises just stopped. So then we had to walk down there and see, you know, is this thing dead? It was laying there, throwing rocks at it. It wasn't moving. We finally got <laughs> close enough poked to it. Poked a stick at it. We hey, did. Hey. We did. Poked it with a stick. It didn't move. And then realized it wasn't, uh, it wasn't breathing anymore. And I said, yeah, it's dead. And he said, okay, I'm going to call the sheriff because in Arizona you can get a, a salvage permit is what they call it. And you get to take all the meat from the animal that you hit. So I took it home in the truck. I hit it in. There you go. You're such a man. Yeah. I'd be like, ew, that's disgusting. Yeah. Just buy it at the store. <laughs> Let the birds eat it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Wilson, what do you got? Uh, this is apparently a beer that the stallion has brought for me to try. This is uh, my new favorite place. Um, this beer is very special because it costs a lot of money. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. It looks all silvery. It's covered in... All like their cans are silver, and they have custom artwork on each of their beers that they make. And the names are priceless. There's some pretty good ones out there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You said this one's local? Fairly local, yes, it's from Auburn. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, I might have had it before. You probably have. I think I might even know what you're talking about because I it, was researching some stuff today. Yeah, this this one's pretty good. It, it tastes like an IPA. You're correct. Okay. So it's been to India. It has once, <clears throat> right? Just once. I think, I think that one's just a single, yes. Yeah, and uh, maybe a little bit of citrus in there. Kind of get like a little bit of a sour taste, but it's very hoppy. Very hoppy. Let me see what Let's it is. See what covered bad boy covered is. in foil. Hold on a second. Get that bad boy in the mic. Let, let, let the let the listeners let, hear what you're doing. If I can grab it, it's not working. He's ripping out. Try the foil. from the bottom. Oh, there you go. 
It's like a, it looks like one of those burritos from like um, yeah. Chipotle <laughs> or uh, f- uh, Freebirds. Oh my gosh, it's like stuck to it. Ah, okay. I haven't had this one before. You haven't. Have you had a beer from there before? From there, yes. What what is it? This is a it's by Moonraker Brewing Company, uh, Hoppiness Unlimited Imperial India Pale Ale. So this is, I think Imperial is like a, a double IPA. I think that's what we said. Yeah. So I thought it was a uh, Knee Deep. Is Knee Deep from Auburn? Knee Deep's uh, yes from Auburn. Yeah, as yeah. Well. That's, that's what I thought it was because I I didn't know that Moonraker was Auburn. Yeah. Is that the name of a James Bond movie? It is. Okay. I always thought, why does it sound like an either like an 80s video game or like a James Bond movie? Yeah. Is that the one with uh, Jaws or Odd Job? Moonraker? Oh, you mean uh, yeah, the, you I think movie? so. That's, yeah. Isn't that the guy that played uh, the villain guy in Happy Gilmore? I yeah. can't remember. No, the, not the villain, but he's the, I believe that belongs to Mr. Gilmore. I'll oh, be, yeah. I'll be seeing you yeah. out later in the parking lot. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, it's a great beer. And and now we have a very special drink for uh, Tommy. I made a trip to the old Bevmo, and they had a pretty good selection of sodas over there. It's a it's a pretty big wall. Um, I got a lot. I think I got seven total, and I think all the other ones look like they would taste good. This is the only one that I think is going to be bad. So I'm not <laughs> I'm gonna sorry. lie. I'm worried. I'm sorry, Tommy. Just don't smell it before you drink oh, it. I'm, I'm, and I want to preface this with Tommy has a bucket sitting in front of him just in case this is not a good a good and, drink. And um, when we opened it, I think I got a smell of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally like shaking right now. Like, cause it, I, the, I, the color of it is very similar to urine. Urine. Um, after you've drinking a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so <laughs> I just I want to see his face when he tries it first. Remember, just go in for a drink. Hold on, I want to take a picture or, of your face. Or you could do a video of this too. A video, um, yeah, do a video. I'm gonna bring the bucket up right here, um, just in case. Oh boy, straight, straight right, you're to good the to drinking. Go. I'm good to go. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. Here we go. W- real quick, it's nothing that's gonna like. Oh, I can smell already. It's nothing that's gonna kill me, right? Like no, 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 blackberries no, or no, no, no. It shouldn't. <laughs> I smell it. I, I held it in the bucket. I could smell it. Dude, I'm so worried right now. Just do it. It's not fair. I buy you guys beers is, all the time. This is the only one. And you can blame the stallion for picking it because I, I told him to pick which one we <laughs> we give to you. Yeah, he gave me three options, and I thought that was the best. The, the best of the worst or the worst of the best? Uh, the worst of the best. All right, I'm going to move my mic out of the way. Hold on. I'll be right back. Okay, oh, here we go. Hold on, hold on. I, I need my water. I got some, I got some nuggets ready just in case <laughs> they get the flavor out of my mouth because I don't handle nasty taste and stuff at all. When I had to change my daughter's diaper, I would gag every time. So here we go. All right, here it is. I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> okay, he didn't. He didn't have the reaction I thought he would. From the way it smelled, it um, I I almost gagged when I smelled it. <laughs> yeah. It smells really bad. It smells horrible. Is that broccoli water? Nope. You're, you're close, though. It's in the vegetable category. 
You can go and go and take it off and look at what it is. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm is a- urine in the vegetable category? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what it, you, what you ate. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not good. Um, I'll tell you I that right now. I didn't think it would be good. <sighs> oh, <laughs> How about you read that? <laughs> now that I know about it, I. It, yeah, you can smell it now. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> this is hilarious. Lester's fixin' sweet corn soda. Uh, y'all get your fixins is what it says. Um, it does smell like. Oh, no. It smells like bad, bad corn. It does. <laughs> okay, I need it. Can I try this? I gotta try. This. It doesn't taste as bad as it smells. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. For comic, it smells horrible. Like I can't smell. It, it. smells like overcooked corn. Yeah. yeah. And corn that's been sitting. It smells like like corn husk almost. <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> the initial taste is nasty, but then it's almost got like a creamy, buttery taste at the end. Maybe that's the sweet part of the sweet corn. Yeah, you should try it. It's it's not bad at the end. Be prepared okay. for the uh, frontal assault, though. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh my god! <laughs> just give it some time. Give it a couple seconds. Okay, it's sweet at the end, yeah, but that first go. taste is not good. Kaka. Oh yeah, it tastes like a cream soda at yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. When um, for Tommy, it tastes like a chicken nugget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to have a chaser. <laughs> but the thing is, is with that sweet corn uh, soda, um, it uh, it's weird because it smells like it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste like it. It tastes worse. It smells worse than it tastes. But the uh, um. That initial taste tastes like it, and it tastes... Wait till a little bit comes up later, fellas. Yeah. That, it'll get you. Hopefully that won't happen. No, it, it happened to me. That's when I just started gagging. I had to eat a nugget. <laughs> oh, okay. A- uh, it's it's time to do a little, what do you call it, a, a rating on these. Uh, oh, wait. I haven't even tried that one. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Here. Let, me, let me try the smoked porter. Oh, yeah. I get... Yeah, I can, I can tell... Why you said <laughs> the stallion is is lamenting on how much he loves the the Moonraker beer right now? Um, I can tell why you said you got an amber taste in the beginning, but once you look at it and you're like, oh, it's smoked, you can kind of taste the smokiness yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I don't really like porters that much. I mostly stick to IPAs. Yeah, but me too. It's not a it's not a bad beer. No, I'll drink it. Yeah, it's gonna get drank. Okay, so how, what would you rate that one to ten? Um, I'll give it a six. Six? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably give it a six too. I'm six. trying to go off the fact that, like, that's not something I would buy, so I'd probably give it a lower rating. But yeah. it doesn't taste bad. It tastes tastes pretty good. Yeah, those are my thoughts so as well. I give it a six too. So six out of ten for that. This Moonraker beer, though this this is a good one. Um, I'd I'd probably rate this one an eight. Maybe a nine, close to a nine. I'm giving it a nine. Okay, That's a so delicious beer. So eight point five. You said eight, nine. Yeah, but I'm I'm leaning towards nine. So nine. So, uh, yeah, we could just go nine on it. That makes it the highest rated beer we yeah, can get. It's pretty good. Is that Thank, hoppiness? Thanks, Moonraker. Hoppiness you're unlimited. Hoppiness unlimited Imperial India Pale Ale. This is a good one. If anybody out there likes IPAs, you should try this one. Uh, it does say it has a sixty IBU. For all you beer drinkers out there, and this is eight percent alcohol. What's the IBU? IBU is kind of from the what I've heard. I think it's it's the the hoppiness factor, like how strong the hops are in it, like the taste. 
man, see, I, there's so many like different numbers. We'll have to look that one up too. Is that something that shows up on that um, tapped, untapped or tapped out app? It shows like the, all those different. It'll say what the IBUs are on it. A lot of times when you go to a, a brewery, they'll have the IBUs next to the beer they, they serve too. So. Okay. Would you like to know what IBU is? Yeah, Let's go do ahead. Do it, Stallion. IBU is an abbreviation for the International Bitterness Unit Scale, yeah. a gauge of a beer's bitterness. So, bit, so it's yeah, bitterness. So it just holds on to grudges? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. See, I always thought bitter was a bad thing. Not in beer. Because, like, I, I eat these, oh, that's really bitter. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, um, but I, I like this one. Yeah, I'll drink that all day. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna rate that corn soda a point five. The reason why I gave it the point five <laughs> was because the uh, bottle itself is really attractive. It's cute. <laughs> it's got a little farmer on there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's Lester Fixins. So what's his name? Fixins. Yeah, yep. he's a um, good fella. Or Lester. It's gonna get oh, just for the design of the bottle for me. I'm gonna give it a one. Okay. It gets an extra half a point because it doesn't taste bad at the end. Can we give zero taste? We can. I would give it a zero. So we're still at 0.5. The, the, creamy yeah. t- the creamy taste at the end doesn't doesn't justify the disgustingness from so, the smell and the beginning taste. Now, when I was drinking it, I could only see the bottom part of the bottle. Two things came to mind. Pee. Barf. <laughs> soda. Yeah. Or dill pickle, which I would have... Dev- oh, it just came back up again. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I would have drank the heck out of a dill pickle one. I like dill I pickle like, flavored stuff. I like I like pickle juice. Yeah, like like sometimes my wife's gonna hate it because I'm gonna say this. I need like a little bit of a salt fix. Yeah, you just, you so just, just open I, the I, jar. I, I just go. I just open the jar. This one's for you, Handy, and I go. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Bam. Sore salt muscles fix. too. That's supposed to help. I heard. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. I like the dill pickle uh, sunflower seeds. Those are good. Uh, that the kettle cooked potato chips. They have a dill pickle flavor now too. I've had those. those yeah, are good too. Yeah, just don't buy the ones from Frito Lay because Frito Lay is the devil. Oh yeah, I used to work there. <laughs> you're not, I mean, they make you're not you bitter. They you? make you. I'm well, not like a beer. I mean, they make you worship Satan when you go there. It's a bad company, folks. Um, so awesome! Congratulations, uh, oh, that, Stallion. That might be it. You, you better eat a jelly bean. I heard that. I think Stallion has to eat a jelly bean. Dang it. His phone rang uh, and it vibrated. Uh, just grab one. Random. I, I don't know what all these flavors are. You don't need I'll, to. I'll I didn't have know. enough time to study the box. Just, just grab one and I'll let you know. I'm going to close my eyes. Is. See how this is how it's done handy. Okay, let me see. Oh, I think you got lucky on that. I think you did, did too. I? I think that was my favorite yeah, actually yeah. out of those. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. What is this? I'll tell you I, after I, you I eat think it. it's. I think See it's, if you can guess it. Okay, ASMR. Back up a little. Yeah, back up a little bit. Handy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> pepper. Yep. Yep. Black, black pepper. You know, it has a hint of black licorice in it. Probably. False. I don't think it does. That's nasty. That's not bad. That's the best one in there. It's, well, it's yeah. better. I think there's a vomit in there. Yep. There is. Yeah. yeah I don't want that one. Yeah. It, well. Sweet corn soda. That's that's it's gonna stay at it's that level. It's gonna stay at that level the on the time. shelf. I wonder if you pour that outside. If like when we come back into the studio next we'll time, have corn stalks. Corn stalks. <laughs> so I'll be, I'm sure, coughing that crap up a little bit later too. Um, let's 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 just dive into it. Let's get into to um, some some uh, what we're here for today. Yeah, we have the stallion here, the toy stallion. Hello. Um, 
as as we've hyped it up, he's a firefighter with one of the local fire departments in our area. Um, and I kind of Tommy he made this this little uh, about a minute and a half clip here that'll kind of give you an idea of the type of calls that firefighters go on on a day to day basis. Um, so I want to play that for you guys right now. Today the Paradise TV that we start sheltering people in place at the hospital if we can. Someone's abandoned the vehicle in the roadway north of you. I'm going to try and get there on foot. Copy Pee Wee Preschool still has kids there. Pee Wee Preschool has kids there. Fire rescue. Fire rescue. What is the address of the emergency? Yeah. Uh, uh, TG. Uh-huh. Rock Creek Powerhouse. Yep. Hey, I just got a report of a fire. Okay. Of Poe Dam on Highway 70. Poe Dam. So you guys heard that intro. That was uh, one of those things that, like, I could normally watch, like, there's an old show called Rescue 911. I could watch those shows and be fine. But listening to four hours worth of things like that and picking apart 911 calls, that kind of gets to you a little bit. Yeah. And I, I just want to say good job on that. Thank you. It was, it was, that was intense. And that's like the second time I heard it through headphones. Uh-huh. And if you aren't listening to this through headphones, you should try it because uh, that, that intro was good. Thank you. There hopefully will be more, many more things like that to come with other guests and everything. Um, but I can only imagine, like, you know, of course, being on the end of that call, taking the calls, and then being the person that gets dispatched out there to take those calls. It's got to be, like, a million times more intense, right? Yeah, I mean... For those particular sound clips, that sounds like it was the campfire. I ended up being on that incident for two weeks. Um, but we were paying attention all day. I, I got to work, I think it that was my first day on shift, my regular shift, and we had been paying attention to it all day. And at about noon, we got the call that we were going on a strike team to Paradise. And uh, it was um, all of our senses were a little bit elevated because we knew that some bad things had already happened. They had already tried to evacuate a hospital and we knew people were sheltered in place, but so we, um, that one was a little bit of heightened awareness, but, uh, we were still, you know, whenever we get a fire like that, it's exciting. Um, but you also have this, um, 
kind of looming feeling at the same time because mm-hmm. you know you're going into something that's super intense. Um, and uh, really, what I saw it was n- nothing really can prepare you for what you see up there, especially in that fire. Um, but it was pretty intense. And then that wasn't too, I can't remember, that wasn't too long after the car fire in Redding, right? Yes. And I was on that one as well. I got, I don't know how it happened, but I was, if you want to say lucky enough or fortunate enough, I was um, placed on both of those incidents um, this last year. And the car fire I spent three weeks on. Um, and my wife will tell you how hard that was to be gone for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um but and then um, that was in July and August, and then in November, I got sent to the campfire. So then, so like, what what happens when you when you go to a call like that? Like, w- do they like separate jobs like based on different people who are coming up? But, yeah, so, I mean, you're all firefighters, right? Yes, but are there some people that are like we need to evacuate these people so you're going to be in charge of that and not like fighting fire yeah or there's do- there's also there's all sorts of different jobs that get assigned when you go um, to a fire like that um the first you know 24 to 48 hours is super kind of disorganized it's it's um maybe i won't call it disorganized it's more like organized chaos and people are getting assignments they're reporting to who they're supposedly supposed to report to we're a strike team in the, both of these incidents that I went on your strike team, which is five engines, which could be any type, you know, the type one engines you see that are structure fire engines or the type threes, which are more the wildland firefighting engines. You could be a strike team of those. And that also includes a chief officer that goes with you. So he's your strike team leader. So you get there. They had a stage in this random area um, for both of the fires we went on. And then they give you your assignment and our assignment at the campfire in particular, I remember was just super, just vague. Like, hey, put the fire out. Or, hey, protect those houses over there in these two neighborhoods. And the neighborhoods are pretty big. And it was just our strike team there for a while because they were still ordering resources. Um, But you could get assigned that. You could get assigned um, helping people with evacuations. You could get assigned with helping cut hand line that's not even close to the fire. You could get assigned to putting in a hose lay and directly attacking the fire. Um, So there's all... On those particular wildland fire calls, there's lots of different jobs you can get. Um, there's also oh, there's also firing out. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, where they no. use use fire to fight fire. Oh yeah. So basically, they'll cut line with a dozer or a crew, and and then they'll fire out uh, from that line, you know, towards the fire, hoping to stop the advance because you know everything you've already, already burned. burned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when they say the safest place to be is in the black. In the black, yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, often use the black as what's known as a safety zone. Um, so, so I also uh, like I've heard like uh, the the fire at that particular one was moving really fast. Like the yeah. winds and everything were really <laughs> bad, and it was was there any point where it was like we need to leave here right now? Uh, not for us. Uh, by the time we got there, it, it we got there at about four in the afternoon. And it had mostly burned through the town of Paradise. There was still a few structures standing, and that was our assignment in this neighborhood. There was part of a neighborhood and then kind of a, um, a uh, commercial area for us to kind of protect. And um, there was no point where I was like, oh, we need to get out of here. Um, that kind of fire was so different than anything I'd ever seen just because the wind was blowing so fast. But it's not like you're in 
you're not in fire. Things are just burning. There's things all around you that are burning that's fuel. Because the fire has already gone through that area. Yeah, already gone through. But, I mean, the wind's still blowing. You know, th- there's things that are randomly igniting because, you know, this this tree's on fire over here or this house is on fire over here and the wind's picking up the embers from this and blowing it into that. So now that caught on fire. The fire front had already moved through. So our our job when we got there was to protect everything that hadn't burned yet. Because the heat could just make it combust. Well, long. not necessarily the heat, but you get things like people people won't uh, prepare their house properly. You know, they have bushes right up next to their, you know, siding or, or a giant pile of wood for their fireplace. Or, you know, there's just not good clearance. There's trees next to their house and those things catch on fire. And then the house catches or they don't have proper covers on their exterior vents. So embers get in there and it'll just... It'll send the whole house up, and and by the time you you see one, I got I, I saw one that was maybe twenty five percent of the house had burned, but at that point everything else is everything else is on fire. You have to write that house off. It's a quarter burned already. You're not gonna you're not gonna go into structure fire mode and be like, oh, let's save the rest of this house. You're like, nope. There's two houses down here that haven't burned yet. We're gonna protect those ones. Right. So, uh, so I mean. We, we don't want to make this like a super downer episode, but we do want to talk about serious stuff like this. But this it, that kind of got into a question that uh, somebody had called in and asked. Um, and it's just a real quick question, um, but I have it here for you right now. Um, so I want to play it for you. Hello there. I am a longtime listener, first time caller. And uh, I have a question for Mr. Stallion. Uh I'd like to know how hot is fire? All right. So th- that's the question that was asked. I mean, you were you were talking about the fire moving and stuff like that. I figured this is a good time to Is that a real question? I I mean, what I I I feel like it it could be. I mean, is is there like different areas where you're like, "Man, this this is hot over here." You want to know the most miserable I ever was on a fire? Okay. Um Actually, there's two times. Um, I remember I got a fire on the 4th of July back in the first year I started. I was on probation, and it was just up the road from the fire station, and I think it was over 100 degrees out. And you're the new guy, so you're the one working. And uh, a lot of this fire was on the exterior of the house. There was like a boat and a car that had burned and actually started the fire, and then it got into the house. Well, it was, hey, you stay on the outside, take care of all this stuff. I'm in my structure firefighting gear. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that stuff, but it's heavy. It's thick. It's hot. It's supposed to protect you from heat. Um, But I think I was out there for an hour before I finally tapped out and I said, hey, I need a break. (laughs) But um, the actual fire wasn't that hot. It was hot outside. Um, Just the elements? The elements. The elements Uh, are worse than the fire sometimes. That's what will get you sometimes is the elements, Um, especially if you're outside in structure gear fighting. Well, because I remember during, I think it was the the car fire up in Reading, um, my church was supposed to have a, uh, like a camp. Camp, They were supposed to go to Shasta. Yeah. So they canceled it. They said, yeah, we're not going up there. So they did Folsom instead. Yeah. It was like a... Hundred in hell outside. It was hot. <laughs> yeah. So I was and, there. I was there. That's the second most time I was miserable. And I was like, I can only imagine. I knew you were there. Yeah. Um. And I was just like, man. I'm like, I felt so bad because I'm like, that's got to be. Yeah, because Reading's not a not a cool area either no. in the summer. No, it got hot, and then I think that day was a record temperature. I think it hit 
I, I can't remember the exact. It was around 115 to 116 degrees. It was hotter than Satan's taint outside. With the- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry it, if I'm not supposed to use that word. It's, no, ta- it's, it's okay. tainted beer. That's what you're talking about, yeah, right? Exactly. But I mean, that's also where you became the man known around the world. Apparently, when you got it your, is. you got your sweet backside on the cover of New York. Oh, Times. I did. Yeah. Um, I got a question about that too. Okay. Is is there like an unwritten rule in firefighting if you like get on the news or something, you have to do something? Yeah. So if you, the unwritten rule is if you get on the news, whether it be a, a, a paper or uh, news story. TV news or even on, on the radio, um, the rule is you're supposed to buy ice cream for your whole crew. Oh, so we're causing <laughs> you they, to buy ice cream for everybody right now. They don't know about it. And I made it a point not to tell them about it. Okay. And all Wilson of them brought it up. This, not all me. of them would do the same thing. So if they happen to, you know, but they ran, don't know randomly you. search American noise and it was recognize just, my voice. It, it was just your backside, though. And yeah. So only only those guys will recognize that. So right? I didn't have to pay for that one, um, which was nice. Um, we got kind of our district got kind of Instagram famous on that fire because we took a lot of a lot of photos and um, yeah, a reporter ended up following us around. I think it was my third or fourth shift out there. And we were just going through houses um, in this neighborhood, helping people sift through their stuff. And he just wanted to follow us for, you know, three, four hours. And he took, I don't know, a thousand pictures and uh, ended up on the cover of the West Coast edition of the New York Times. Now, does that ever bother you when you have uh, people out there taking pictures, like cause more of an issue? Um, no, not these people. I think that guy in particular had done it before and he was kind of very in the background. You didn't know he was there. He really just kind of led us to our job and our thing while he did his thing. And it wasn't ever a, oh, hey, I need you to hold that tool right there and Pose. look like a real man. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't Smile. ever that. It was just we just did our thing and he did his. And 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 that's what I, I think people need to see that kind of thing. I mean, it's it's becoming a real problem. and a lot bigger issue than it has been in the past. And yeah, then they say California's fire season just keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, the campfire was in, it went past Thanksgiving. I was, I was lucky. My, my strike team, they got sent home two days before Thanksgiving. So I got to see my family. There were other guys that I work with that are on another engine, same fire, had to stay a week past and didn't get to see their families. And, yeah, I, I I had a buddy that works for Cal Fire, and he I think he did the the car fire, yeah, the car fire, and then the complex fire was that after that the Mendocino complex yeah. fire, uh, that was during the campfire or during the car fire. I can't okay. remember. They all jumped. Yeah, together. but he he did that one. He did car fire that one, and then the the campfire as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And he said he was I think forty two days straight. Yeah. Before he got Oh, that's sent pretty home. common. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, on something like that, um, when you go, who, what, is it normally like a, like if it's a big fire, like campfire, car mm-hmm. fire, is it Cal Fire that actually generally takes the lead and then they generally, spread it out? if it's on st- a lot of the land that you see in California is, is what's called SRA and that's state responsibility area. So, Cal Fire has the, jurisdiction, if you want to call it that, on wildland fires. There's certain like municipalities, like cities, and then federal land where um, the fish cops have jurisdiction um, and the Forest Service. Uh, that's a derogatory term. Sorry, fish cops. Um, 
but uh, Cal Fire runs their incidents very smoothly, mm-hmm. and so they have the primary. Uh, they have the primary. I guess you would call. It, they're in charge. Okay. Of the whole thing. Yeah, I've, I remember in the academy we we went through a whole <clears throat> training about like these massive incidents that happen like a fire or something like that or yeah. or a flood's going to happen like the the flood happened well or the potential the, flood the up dam. in Oroville the yeah. dam breaking yeah. happened mm-hmm. while I was in the academy so we went through this yeah. whole training and they always said even with something like that I think Cal Fire ended up taking the lead on that even though it wasn't it, it well, wasn't they a fire do it. they do it all the time yeah cuz they know how to set everything up it's and an incident this, yeah yeah it's a it's a the incident command system so they're very familiar with how that works you know you got a uh, incident commander and then people under him and people under him and people under him and it just keeps going until you get all the way down to the firefighter on the ground or you know whoever's doing the job on the ground the dirty work um but you know they can basically set up a small city in a day with bunks and showers and food and laundry and everything and in and in the way like tommy when he was asking about like people coming around following you and stuff like that in in that initial time when you first got to one of those fires I saw a lot of stories of people like driving the cars back in to try and help people get out. Yeah. Is that, is that something that you guys are like, yes, we need help with, or is it like you might cause more of a problem for us? No, well, that, that would cause more of a problem. If we do, there were a couple of people that we saw that were still there at their homes and we assisted them in leaving, like picking up some of their stuff and getting out. And there were other people that couldn't get out and you're like, Hey, yeah, these people out too. Um, no, no. By the time I got had gotten to where we were going, there weren't people who were stuck. There were just people who had stayed too long, you know, because they want to either they want to get their stuff or they're stubborn. I'm staying to protect my house or whatever. Um, but we helped a couple of them get out, and it wasn't anything like dramatic. It was just like, okay, let's help you get your stuff here and leave. And yeah, because um, I, I remember one story in particular where. A guy was driving his truck back and forth from one of the hospitals up there. Yeah. And and I will say those not to discredit those people. In the first hours of an incident like that, especially the campfire, because everything happens so fast. They're the not, only ones there, they're the right? They're the only ones there. You're not gonna get large amounts of firefighters or cops or anybody that is capable of handling that kind of a situation. So those are the times when you get people and you hear those stories about people just helping other people. And in those initial, you know, hours of the incident that, that, that those kinds of things happen, yes, that is helpful. But once it's been established, there's more firemen coming in, there's more police officers coming in. If people are trying to get back in, they're just in the way, you know. Um, that's just how it goes. I, I think you just got affirmed again, Tommy. A what? With you, with your issue that you had last week, yeah, I think that just affirmed it again. Yeah, just uh, kind of let them do their thing; they can handle it. Um, did Did you want to read a, another question from maybe what we got on Facebook? Well, I actually had just one question before that. Um, how I watched, a, I'm I'm pretty sure you saw a documentary on Netflix uh, that basically um, was uh, talking about the inmate firefighters. Um, I know that they predominantly work with um, like Cal Fire, I believe. Um, do you believe that those guys like 
and gals like benefit and they help. I mean, yes. have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen it firsthand. And those guys work harder than anybody else on the fire line. They have the worst job, which is cutting hand line, which is basically scraping all the vegetation away, cutting, scraping, raking all the way down to bare dirt. Is that just like making a border to make that's like unburnable? A, yeah. Call, um, you know, fire line, whatever you want to call it, fuel break. Um, so they cut hand line um, and it's miserable. And it's like it's literally like shovels and hose and stuff like that. Yeah, we got not not so much hose, but hand tools, shovels, uh, Pulaski's, McLeod's, um, rakes. There's a there's a rake. Um, there's a guy with a chainsaw and his swamper um, to clear away heavy pieces of brush. Um, but those guys work harder than probably anybody else. And, uh, you know, they volunteer to do it. Um, they're not forced into that program. I think they get paid a dollar a day and they may get some kind of reduced sentence, I believe, um, from being on a crew. And I've heard that it's, it's not like the people that are in, in prison for 25 years, you know, these are the people that are like on their way out of prison. They're trying to make a better life for themselves. Yeah. I don't know specifics about, you know, what they did to get in. But my guess is that you wouldn't have any. Murderers, you know, murderers, you know, rapists, people like that on a right. hand crew. But I don't know specifics about, you know, what they're in for because we don't we don't generally talk to them. I mean, I, I I will as we're walking by or I see a hand crew walking by me or I happen to, you know, be out mopping up with a, um, an inmate. I'll say, hey, you know, how's it going? And that's that's where it cuts off because you're not supposed to talk to them or or offer them anything or exchange anything with them or anything like that they have they have their own set of rules um, so that's just how that works and having worked in the jail i know like a lot of the inmate workers that's um where i worked we didn't have fire crews because i believe that's more of a state thing not a county thing and um so we had some inmates that would be outside working all day long cleaning up the city and everything but they'd have like a correction officer with them the whole time that was more of a privilege to be outside because they're not stuck in a cell and they don't want to mess that up. So for them, you know, busting their tail, <clears throat> their tail, working out in the fire, yeah, it's hot and everything. But you know, that's they get to be outside. It's almost like they're just going to work every day. That they're not, and they're, they're serving their time. Like you said, they get reduced sentences. Mm-hmm. And generally, I think it was um, the lower end of the uh, um, offense. So it was like drugs and stuff. Yeah, I think nonviolent yeah. crime type stuff. But. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, that you know, they're paying them a dollar a day. That's basically slavery. And I'm like, first of all, they're in prison. They're in jail or prison. And second of all, they volunteered to do that. They're not right. forced to no do it. No one's forced them to do it. No one's forced them to do it. They still get paid a dollar a day. And guess what? You get time off of your sentence. So yeah, so it's not like they're just getting paid a dollar. It's, no, they're getting and don't a lot quote of me on that stuff. dollar. That's just what I've heard. That's what I heard. They get paid. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I know like. They get paid certain amount. I can't remember what it is. They get paid a certain amount, but like on their commissary, like it's the food, it's, it's like yeah, five dollars for a thing of top ramen. So yeah. you got to work extra hard to get that. Um, top ramen. Top ramen's good, man. Um, so let's uh, start from the beginning here. Um, my mama asked a question, Debbie Hartman. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. What age did you decide you wanted to be a firefighter? When I decided, I was in high school. Okay. Um, um, I didn't live near here, but the school I went to was across the street from a fire station. 
And I remember seeing those guys tear out of the fire station in their engine and, you know, loud sirens and lights. And I'd see them doing their PTs there. They would run around the block. And uh, that was when I decided, oh, I think that's something that I could I could do. And I know my family had a history in uh, law enforcement and and part of our family had a history in the fire service. So it seemed like something that uh, I could continue. And on my mom also wanted to know, uh, are you an EMT or paramedic? And I know there's a difference between the two. Um, I already know the answer, um, but can you explain it for people that don't know the difference? Yeah, so an, an EMT versus a paramedic, an EMT is kind of a, a lower level of training. Um, paramedics do what's called advanced life support. That includes things like being able to put breathing tubes down people's throats, push a lot of meds, um, perform needle chest decompressions, needle crikes, um, just things that an EMT is not trained to do. And the training is a lot longer. Uh, paramedic school took me about 14 months in EMT school, depending on which school you go to takes anywhere from a month and a half to six months. Depends on what course you take, but paramedics pretty extensive. You do a didactic portion, which is basically a classroom. You know, you learn a bunch of stuff, 90% of which you don't use in the field. Um, and then you go work in a hospital for about a month and do your clinicals, um, where it's kind of a controlled environment. You can put tubes down people's throats and start IVs and push meds and do all that kind of stuff. And you kind of get to see the other half of, you know, when a patient gets to the hospital and what goes into that. And then if you pass that, you go into your field internship and um, you're basically on a medic unit and you're learning to be a, a medic in the field at that point with an FTO, a field training officer. And they just teach you the, teach you the basics and teach you how to do it. And then from there you, you just go get hired somewhere and go. And is every firefighter an EMT um, or every, a paramedic? Every, I would, I would say nowadays every firefighter is at least an EMT. I'm sure there's some, you know, maybe volunteer departments and small towns that people who have just a, what's called first aid, um, which is a super basic level of that one medical day class training. that most people. Can yeah. Take but I mean, the, the job is so extensive now you don't, you don't just put out fires anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you do anything from helping an old lady off the ground to going and, you know, putting somebody's house fire out. It's, you know, car accidents, rescues, um, all that type of stuff. I, I went to somebody's house the other day because they needed help with their carbon monoxide detector. And we help with that too. So, and like along those lines, um, so there's, there's different engines and trucks and stuff like that at a fire station. And like where you work, I know you guys have like ambulances, your own ambulances. Yeah. So is, if, if you're working, do you just work on the ambulance or do you switch between like, if it's something that like a structure fire or something like that, do you bring the ambulance there and then you help with the firefighting stuff or what do you do? Yeah. So my particular, I know every, every department's different. My, my particular department, we're all cross trained. So if we're working on the ambulance that day and a fire goes out and you're the closest ambulance, you'll go. Cause they send at least one to a fire. Um, and then if you're on the engine, and you get a medical call and you're the first one there, well, you're taking patient care for a while until the medic unit gets there. 
so you're cross training you have all your gear on either engine um and yeah we just our our typical setup is we're a rotation i'll do one tour on and one tour off so i'll go on the engine one tour and then i'll do the medic the next tour and a tour for us is two days so 48 hours we work 48 hours at the fire station then we have four off then we come back for another 48 and that doesn't include things like overtime or shift trades or if you get sent on a strike team you can be out for a long time so do we have a follow-up question on the voicemail uh we do we have one um like i said we we, we don't want to be downers the whole time or super serious the whole time we, we could go back and forth we, and yeah switch it up a little we're bit. going back and forth so i like super not serious okay so this, that's how i am this is one of those and i think it's a question that a lot of people would have and they just didn't think of it but I thought about it. L- luckily, this person did. And also, uh, have you ever had to rush to a call when you're in the middle of dropping a deuce? I know this is a question we all have, so I'd really like to know, has that happened, and what do you do? Thank you. <laughs> Great question, caller. Great. This, is, this question is gold. Um, yes, that has happened before, and you pinch it off and go <laughs> oh man i couldn't do that no it's it's actually there's there's kind of another answer to that question too because i mean you you're doing stuff you're in a house so you're doing stuff like you're at home because it's a firehouse but i've i've gotten calls in the middle of taking a shower in the middle of shaving and in the middle of going to the bathroom i've had calls that you know you never get bubble gut you know yeah you ate, you ate yeah. some good mexican food and you know, you go home and you're feeling good for a little while and then you get that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, here it comes. Well, that happens at the fire station because believe it or not, never, not every fireman's a good cook. But I remember one time in particular, I couldn't even run the call because we got this call and I, it was that initial like you get bubble gut and you're going and it just gets worse and worse. I got the sweats. I was breathing heavy. And it was my turn to run the call, and I said, hey, uh, hey, partner. <laughs> Buddy old pal. I, I can't do this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to have to take this one. I got to step back and breathe for a little while. Like, I, I can't do it. That's only happened to me once. Um, but, yeah. It's, that that uh, was, like, get, in the middle of a call? That was on as, the as the call went out, I was like, it's coming. I got to go. And then the tones went off, and it was it was my worst nightmare. So on that note, you, you, you're living in a firehouse, a bunch of people in there. And I, I've seen uh, firefighters down in Sacramento shopping at grocery stores, you know, and grabbing their groceries. And all of a sudden, they're just like, here you go, hand the, the, the cart to the person, and they got to leave and stuff. So what's it like living in a house? Uh, like, how do, like, dinners work and showering and stuff? Like, you mentioned shaving and showering. Like, talk about that. Yeah, so... We, my particular department where I work, we buy all of our own food. We spend our own money, and usually we have like a pool of money. Everybody will, will pool our money in for dinner. Everybody will kind of do their own thing for breakfast or lunch. Uh, breakfast on the weekends kind of a different thing. We make that something special, but everybody kind of generally does their own thing. Especially nowadays, everybody has their own like, oh, I'm vegan, oh, I'm on the you know whatever diet, the keto free. diet, yeah, yeah, the keto diet. Um. So, but we pull all of our money together and we'll go to the grocery store and we'll decide on a meal. And usually the guys on the engine cook because they're not as busy. I know some departments, um, they'll have a guy that's assigned to that house that day. Then 
hey, all you're doing is cooking. We're not big enough to do that, but guy on the engine usually cooks and we'll pull all our money together, go to the grocery store, get all the stuff, come back and eat dinner together like a family, um, all set at the table. And yeah, we could get interruptions at any time. So I've had it happen multiple times or the, the best thing is if you go back to the meat section and you have your cart there, if there's any perishables in there, you're just like, Hey, we got a call. Can you put this in your walk-in? We'll be right back. So, and I've had times where I haven't come back to get my groceries for like three hours. I think they understand. I've, yeah. I've seen them back there before. I'm like, you know, or I had a, I saw them go out with a call and they were looking for the, the employees at the store. I'm like, I'll take it. And I'll let them know. They're like, thanks, man. Thanks, that's man. That's nice of you. I'm like, thanks, man. I think I. I've I, never had that happen to me before. Can, can I join you guys as um, your team? The, the uh, grocery put away team? Yeah. I like, like that. Can I wear like, I just want to carry this, the, the strap. Uh, I'm gonna give the radio you the radio with a strap. I yeah. just want to. I'm wear. gonna give you a yellow vest too that says Grocery Patrol. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> Can I, I? I feel like a little kid, like at the fire truck. I get to pull the horn. No, you can't. You're not certified. Sorry. Dang it! What That's a, a lot what, of training. <laughs> yeah. What about the the little firefighter badge stickers? Ooh. Yeah, you can have one of those. Yeah. You know, you should have brought some. I yeah. should have. I'm a little. I offended. did bring you guys. I brought you a T-shirt. To hang, yeah, yeah. So you have a nice T-shirt. Which, what size is that? I might take that home. I'm looking for a new shirt. It's a medium. Oh, medium. I won't fit into it. Yeah. <laughs> It'd um, be too big for me. <laughs> so like, we'll go back and forth. Serious, funny, serious, funny. Okay. Um, what um in this area where we live, what are most of the calls you go to? Are they car accidents? No. Um, the majority of any work. Really, any fire department does now is medical calls. Medical. That's generally about 80 to 85% of the calls we get. Um, the other ones are, you know, obviously fires, vehicle accidents, rescues, but we get a lot of medical calls. And that's why everybody's cross-trained nowadays is because, you know, the joke is you, you call the fire department for everything. Right. Come help you. And we do. Um, doesn't matter what it is. You know, there's a department up here. I won't say their name. They go on a lot of snake calls. Okay. Uh, oh, there's a snake in my backyard. Help me. And they'll go get the snake for them. But it, it's so like, are there any calls that you're like, it comes out and you're like, dang it, like th- I know that this is a, is this is a garbage call, and we're gonna go there and it's gonna be nothing, but the people are still gonna like want to go to the hospital or something like that. Yeah. So medical calls. There's sometimes what we have we call them frequent flyers, and they'll <laughs> they'll call for you know, anything, you know, I need help off the ground or, you know what? My toe hurts a little bit more today than it did yesterday. That was me. I'm sorry. I should see a doctor (laughs) on an ambulance. There you go. You know, so, but there's always the the other half where you go on a call like that where you're like, oh, this call isn't going to be anything or, you know, this is just standard medical aid at a, at an old folks home or whatever. And it ends up being something serious. So you can't really discredit anything that comes over, you know, the radio. Um, most of the time, it ends up being nothing. But every once in a while, you'll 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 get your your attitude put in check yeah. and realize why you're there, and that's just how it goes. Now, what is the? Um, as we could tell, I get pretty grossed out with uh, corn soda. What's like the grossest thing you've ever, ever had to deal with? Poop. Oh, hey, me too, at the gel. Yeah. It's pretty disgusting. And it's not like, you know, changing your kid's diapers, poop. It's it's poop. People have problems. People problems. 
And uh, let me guess, was it one of your fellow firefighters, Bubblegut? No, uh, although that I wouldn't surprise me if that happened to one of them in the future. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's calls that I've gone on where I've had to step out for a couple minutes, take a couple breaths, come back in, help out again. And uh, sometimes you just learn to develop this. I don't know if you guys can do this, you know, breathe through your mouth. I try. Well, I tried yeah. doing it with the soda. It didn't work out that well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever been in your standard, like, old folks home, but you walk down the hallway and there's an array of smells. Oh, yeah. And it'll change from, you know, 10 feet to 10 feet as you walk down the hallway. You'll get, oh, is that Salisbury steak tonight? Are the old folks having a great dinner? <laughs> and then it'll go immediately to diarrhea. So it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's like Beach Street in San Francisco. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, not as bad though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Wilson, you have another one? Yeah. Um, we had this was actually the first question that was asked. It's, it's kind of it 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 has a lot of aspects to it. Um, but uh, I'm gonna read it. I gotta find it really quick. Um. We're so prepared here. We, I was prepared, but for some reason it closed it. I okay, this was a professional organization. It yeah, is. I quit. Okay, I found it. Okay, so this this is from Zach on Facebook. Okay, hi Zach. Hi Zach. Uh, how do firefighters get selected for the sexy firefighter calendars? And then th- there's, like I said, there's a lot of aspects, so you can choose to answer this how you want. Do they just come to the firehouse and say you're sexy? We want to take photos of you. Do you volunteer for it? Do other sexy firefighters have to compete for a spot? And how do you pick the month you want? I don't have a solid answer to this question because my particular fire department has never done a sexy fireman calendar, in part because we don't have a lot of sexy firemen. I beg to differ, sir. There's a reason you're called the you are, Toy Stallion. If, you are the man of all seasons, which we got to find out why you are called the Toy Stallion. We do. If I, if I, I'll, I'll tell that story too. If I was a month, it would be December because I would be fully clothed because my pale skin does not enable me to be in the sun. I would get sunburned right away. Pale, supple skin. Supple. My my guess is is that most firemen calendars are made. I don't quote me on that. I have without no idea. firefighters with no with firemen. Like I wouldn't doubt it if a particular department was going to make one, but it would probably be some sort of fundraiser, and then they you know who wants to volunteer first. That's like the dreaded thing, like volunteering for anything that's like within the public, you know, because you don't want to pay ice cream to everybody, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, my guess is that you would have to volunteer, and then if they didn't get enough, if you were sexy enough, you'd be voluntold. Oh. Yeah, the dreaded voluntold. I get, I get like Thanksgiving, like... Like the after Thanksgiving dinner, like a tur- like a turkey leg, half I'll eaten. be like bathed in gravy. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So why do they call you the Toy Stallion? So that's a funny story, and it's a recent name within the last three weeks. I would, I would say so. We have a lot of funny conversations at dinner at the firehouse, and I don't know who started it, but somebody said for entertainment value, hey. You have to pick your male stripper name, and then you have to pick what your walk-up song is, your initial song to strip to. So that was the name I came up with, and it was Troy the Toy Stallion. Okay. What was your walk-up song? Uh, The Stroke by Billy Squire. 
Have you heard? Want to look that up? I know who Billy Squire is, but yeah. I don't think I heard that song. Uh, the most prominent thing I can tell you, you remember uh, Billy Madison? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's in that one when he pulls up in his Firebird. Oh, okay. Yeah, to the school and he thinks he's awesome and everybody leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, you know, and then my, what was really funny, the the way the toy came in there was because I originally I said, okay, it's going to be Troy Stallion. I was trying to play off that, you know, Trojan horse and, yeah. and you know, Stallion. And he's like, that R in that word is really important. and i messed that up and so i said well i'll just mix it in and it'll be that'll be the middle troy the toy yeah and now you guys have started calling me mr stallion yes there it is oh we might we might get copyrighted on this let's do it dude come on do it come on troy just visualize it in your head i know this song now Yeah. yeah yeah you got this Put your clothes back on, dude. Uh, you're sorry. Sorry, I got a little hot. It was out of there. it was pale skin. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, I learn I, something new about you every day. Okay, so I I also heard that you had another nickname um, from a, a fellow fighter fighter that I met the other day, um, and he put I think it was a, a soft in front of your uh, your last name. Yeah, something like that, or or so. That story is. Uh, there was another gentleman who got hired with my same last name. Great last name. Um, but he was a Navy SEAL. So, oh, we're going to call him hard and you're soft. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, you know, the only way to you, get you hard You didn't is have that, the SEAL physique then. Yeah, I didn't have the SEAL physique. And, so he you know, would definitely you, be like like July on the calendar. He could be. <laughs> Mr. Baywatch. He could yeah, be. He'd have fireworks going off around yeah, him. He's a great guy. He's very outdoorsy. Um, my guess is he's killed people. So oh. in order to get that name, I'm sure you have to kill people. Sounds like I'm just, it. there's someone else with the last name Stallion. <laughs> That's I would I would just change Hard Stallion, it. Soft Stallion. I, I would I would just Ooh. change it to Stallone. Stallone. I am alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um what is your favorite firefighter movie? Oh jeez. Um I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That's a pretty funny one. That's the one for the laughing value. <laughs> I really like Ladder 49. Everybody likes Backdraft because that one's classic. And Kurt Russell, I mean, I love that movie. It's good. Ladder 49, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin and Phoenix. Yeah. Travolta? Yeah. Okay. And they go back and forth between his life at the firehouse and his personal life and how those things interact with each other, which I thought was fairly realistic. Um, aside from some of the calls that they did, I don't know how FDNY operates, but I, I'm assuming they do a lot more cool stuff than we do because we're kind of rural. Um, but I really like that movie. And going along the lines of that, like the the uh, firehouse life, the home life, you deal with a lot of like stuff that, that can mess with your head, you know, like calls you go on. I know, I know for a fact you've gone on some some calls that have like hit home more than others. Yeah. So how do you separate and how do you deal, like, I guess, de-stress from that type of situation? I have a lot of hobbies and an awesome wife. Um, so I come home from work and she generally tries to just give me some space, you know. She'll still take care of the kids for a while or I'll go out and do something. Um, you know, one of my hobbies I'll, I'll go do 
de-stress and then come back and I'm, I'm good to go. Bocce ball? Bocce ball, you know, uh, ping pong, uh, uh, badminton. There you go. No. <laughs> I do, um, I do a lot of jujitsu. Um, that, that has been the biggest thing that's, um, kind of grounded me lately. I, it's very physical. It makes you think when I'm in there, I don't think about anything else. And you actually that's compete, it. right? Yeah. I've competed a couple of times. I haven't done that good, but, um, it's still good. You, you win or you learn and I've learned a lot. Um, <laughs> but that's one of my, my main things that I do to de-stress and like I said, my wife's great. She'll take care of the kids when I come home. And if she knows, I tell her vague, you know, synopses of what has gone on at work. And, you know, she'll know if I'm having a hard time or if I haven't slept the night before, you know, she'll let me come home and rest for a little while. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I've been granted with a kind of unique ability to, once I've done that de-stressing, to separate my work life from my home life. And I know that there's there's some guys that have a harder time with that. And, you know, the the department I work for, and I'm sure every other department does a good job of taking care of those guys that... Um, that was my next question. Yeah, they take care of those guys that, you know, are having those, those issues uh, psychologically. There's employee assistance programs where you can go see a counselor, you know, and we kind of look out for each other. There's been a couple guys where I've been like, hey, dude, that's going on. You should probably see somebody about that. Or, or hey, did you want to talk about that? Um Specifically, you know, we have, if you have like a really bad call, like a lot of bad calls involve like deaths, kids, or, you know, just some kind of unique, bizarre, weird situation. Um, they have what's called a, a critical incident stress debriefing. And we have guys that are trained in our district to hold these. Basically, it's like a big, you know, group hug meeting where everybody comes Pow in. Powwow. Powwow. And, well, the Cry Baby Club. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the joke for it. But seriously, it's a good thing because I've had a couple of them where I've gone on particular calls where we all meet, you know, an hour or two later, or sometimes it's even a day later. We talk about the call, talk about if anybody, you know, has any, you know, issues that they're going through or things that they want to say or if they need, you know, more help or, or whatever. And it's, it's a good time where y- you can go and de-stress. And if anybody needs help beyond that, um, you know, it's there and nobody gets degraded or made fun of or anything like that because those calls affect different people differently. And I know I've had a couple, maybe a couple in my career that I've been maybe affected for, for a few days or so, but you know, there's guys that can't let go of certain things and that helps them. So now do you remember your, after you finished your FTO training and everything, and you get that first call. Well, actually, because you could get that first call during your FTL training where it's no longer you don't see it in book or in class. You see it in real life. Is that uh, how does that hit you when you when you actually get to that real call, the you, real world scenario? You know, you're just doing your job and all that training kind of kicks in and you just go to work. And um, it really doesn't you don't think about that you just think about this is what I have to do and I'm doing it and then later you can talk about any mistakes you made or any things you did really good um, that you would want to keep doing or things you can change next time um, but yeah it's it's uh, every every call is different yeah everybody deals it differently now um, you also, uh, not only work with the fire department, but you also work with uh, help out the local law enforcement with stuff too. And I know you uh, 
also do some stuff on the river and everything. Yeah. So we have different aspects of our job and two of the main extra things that I do that I really enjoy is I do help, you know, the law enforcement guys, um, in a certain capacity. I won't get too much into that, but it's another aspect of the job that I love. Um, and it's a way for me to kind of get a view into that other half of things that I don't necessarily know all about. Cause we go on calls with those guys a lot, but we don't get into detail about, you know, exactly what their job is and how things function. But we have a really good working relationship with law enforcement up here. Um, I do quite a lot of trainings with them and, um, it's good to see that aspect of it. And then the other part that I do that the team that I'm on is our swift water rescue team. And, um, recently our program really got amped up and we got a boat, we got some specialized training, um, from a couple rafting companies, one in particular, that's really awesome. Um, I won't say their name. You don't want to name drop? I don't want to name drop because you'll figure out where I work. Oh yeah. That's so, a good idea. Uh, but these guys are awesome. Los Angeles County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podunkville. Swiftwater <laughs> rescue on the LA river. <laughs> so, uh, but that part of it, I think I like the most is the, is the swift water part. That's one of my favorite things that I do in this job. And I've gotten so far into that, that I guide part-time now going nice. down the river and, um, I'll take my family out on the river. I'll take friends out on the river. And I know uh, Wilson here has been out on the river uh, one time with me. And uh, it's a good time. Um, yeah. It's an adrenaline rush. And there's a lot of critical thinking that you wouldn't yeah. think goes and, along with it. And and that one time that I went with the stallion, <laughs> the only person to fall out of the boat was the stallion. I think you I told did. me that story. Yeah. I did. So this was in my initial... That was the first run. This is the first run I did that wasn't a training run with, you know, firemen um, or the or the guides that were training us. Well, on a slow part of the river where it got shallow, I'm in the back of the boat and I I just make a wrong angle and we get caught on this rock and it happened so quickly and I wasn't secured into the raft enough and the raft stopped and I kept going. I just popped right out <laughs> and I think I floated about a hundred feet down the river. Everybody in the boats looking at me like, "Hey!" It was it was funny because we were we were like, "What do we do?" The, like the guide's gone, and and you can see him swimming and swimming, and then all of a sudden, after maybe ten seconds into it, he stops, and he stands up, and he's in, in like maybe like three feet of water. Yeah. So that's and that's one thing that's really funny because that's one thing you're not supposed to do in the river is stand up because you can get your feet caught, you know, and yeah. things like that. But this particular part of the river. I caught an eddy, which is a smooth area of water behind a rock. And right as I caught it, I realized uh, the water's not flowing right here and I can stand up. I'll just walk back to the boat. <laughs> I, mean, I think I saw a picture of you. Uh, like you were like 20 feet higher than everybody else. Yeah. You're standing up and, and then everyone in the front of the boat had this oh crap look on their face and there's a huge wave going over them. And you're just like sitting there just like. Yeah, yeah like, there's some there's some great <laughs> waves on that river and. I enjoy it. It's uh, it's another way. Um, it's a part of my job that we do, that we're trained to do. I love it so much that when I'm not working and I go out and do it just on my own time, it's another, you know, de-stressor for me yeah. where I can just kind of do my own thing and I love it. Yeah, you got to decompress. I know like, uh, I mean, even, I mean, I'm, I'm in sales. I mean, I'll have a bad day. We're nothing like you, but I'll come home and be like, hey, in 20 minutes, you know, Usually it's listen to other podcasts or music, but I I go fishing. 
fishing's that's, a good. That's one. what I do. Or I need to do or more of that. or this. Yeah. The the podcast is yeah. is my de stressor. Yeah. And it's it, a good it one. works. Anything that that works for you. So I'm sure some guys do knitting. Not me, but <laughs> to each his own. Handy. Uh, Maybe yeah. handy. I haven't met him yet, which I hope I get the privilege. By the someday. way, where is he? The, the, the he was deported again. Remember? <sighs> yeah, Las I, Vegas. I just, I just this noticed time. he wasn't here. Las Vegas this time. Sorry, but, uh, Handy. I'm in. I'm in your chair. Yeah, it's very comfortable. He is. Um, yeah, uh, but Handy, you know that I I just love that guy. I love that description of of the amazing American beer that he reviewed last week. What was it? What was it? The Coors Light. What, what did he think of about it? It, it? You know, it was it was it was a little like this. I taste freedom in my mouth. Oh, so good. I remember Great. that. Great. And I mean, there, there other stuff like when it gets to the back of my throat and it slides its way down. Wait, what? What? When, when that happens, what? What? What noise does he make? It, it was something like this. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! It it was a little like this. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. it's about right. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna kill us now. <laughs> he will. He'll really go to prison. Um. So, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I, I kind of had a question, kind of piggybacking on that because I, I know, like, through law enforcement stuff like that. There's he said piggybacking law enforcement. <laughs> 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 oh, <oink, oink. laughs> Well played, sir. Um. So, like in law enforcement, there's a lot of different aspects of the job you got. You got the regular patrol guys. You got people that do canines. You got uh, like boat patrol on lakes, stuff like that. You mentioned their swift water stuff. Like I know a lot of other people who are maybe thinking about getting into the profession. Maybe they want to know like what different aspects can they get into and like say this is this is my thing. Like that's something I want to do. Yeah, there's there's a few different aspects to the job. Um, you know you. Just be suppression and do your standard firefighting and not take any specialty classes and just work your way up the ranks that way. But this job is so dynamic that you have to be. I heard I heard it once when I was super young and just getting into the job. Um, a jack of all trades, master of none. So you have to be able to learn to go on every different type of call and have at least some level of proficiency at different things. And the cool thing about it is, is that you have a crew with you. Those are your guys, and this guy might be more trained on this particular aspect of the job. Like, oh, there's a trench rescue over here, which we don't do a lot of, but this guy knows a lot about that. Or there's a high angle rescue over here, or a swift water guy, or um, you know, there's there's lots of different aspects of the job where people may might be more trained than others to do that particular job. Um, our, our department is small enough where where that's the dynamic. That's how we work, and everybody's there to like help everybody else yeah. out yeah and so then if you, you have, have a question about something you can be like oh i can call this guy and yeah i mean not, not on a call i mean call, but yeah but i mean mm-hmm. like if you're thinking about something like oh this could happen this guy knows about that it's no big deal yeah. to give him a call and say hey what do you think yeah and then in, in bigger departments you have those specialty teams that do that type of thing i know in some of the bigger departments around this area they have a rig that's specifically designated to rescue and they go on all the rescue calls and that's what they do you know, whether it's ropes or trenches or collapsed buildings or, you know, whatever, that's what they do. Um, we're not big enough to have that. Um, maybe someday, but we're just not busy enough right now. So what's the worst part of your job? Um, 
The worst part of my job is probably having to help. I don't like helping kids. And that sounds not terrible. Not like being like. That sounds terrible. Like uh, but they come up and ask you for something. No, leave me know, alone, kid. It's it's when you calls. go on a call. When you go on a call and there's something wrong with a kid, legitimately wrong with a kid, uh, that's the worst. I do, I do not like doing that at all. And, you know, you, you're trained to do it, so you push through it. But those are the calls that have taken me a longer time to decompress afterwards, especially after I had kids. Um, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old at home. And um, after I had my, my first one, um, it got a lot harder for me to go on calls where kids got injured or, or even died because um, it, it would hit home. Yeah. You know, um, but just like with everything else, you kind of learn how to how to compartmentalize and not necessarily compartmentalize but yeah get through it and um it becomes kind of a you know okay i can get through this a little bit easier now you know because i've done it you know half a dozen times or whatever whatever it is but those are that's definitely the worst part about the job and the best part the best part is living at the firehouse I think or everybody says, oh, you know, I love fighting fire, which is awesome. It's cool to go into a burning building with a hose and put out fire. My favorite part of the job is living at the firehouse because it's like a it's like a frat house with a bunch of grown men. and Just hanging out with the boys. <laughs> yeah. And you don't really get that anywhere else. You know, I mean, the military or, you know, maybe professional sports teams or something. But this is just that dynamic, that family. And um, it's you're at home. You know, you have two homes, the firehouse and, and your house, and it's different dynamics, but that's that's the best part about it is the socializing and being with the guys and, you know, talking and doing things together, whether or not it be training or PT or going on calls. That's probably my favorite part about the job. Yeah. All right. We have just a few more questions left for you because I know you want to go home and uh, shower. Yeah. yeah. Showering good. It's always good with the lever. Do you use lever 2000 Irish Sprig? No, uh, currently I'm using Suave. There you go. Cause you know, it's yeah. cheap. You know what I've started using? Hmm. Uh, that stuff you get from Dollar Shave Club. The body what is wash. That called? It's like amber and lavender. It sounds super not manly, but it is. But it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. It I is. use their uh, shave butter. Yep. I use oh, that too. It feels so good on my face. Well, I remember you're the one that turned me on to Dollar Shave Club. Then I obviously stopped shaving. And I, I accumulated a ton of razors. I think I stopped paying for them a year and a half to two years ago, and you I still just ran out. I yeah. just ran out. I have like <laughs> ten different razor cartridge things. I think I need to start house. back up again. And just I did. Collect I did. Them. I did that, and then there's there's a thing that you can sign up for stuff, and it gives you like imaginary dollars, and you can use that towards uh, oh, I need gift to cards. That. And it had Dollar Shave Club on there, and it also had Gillette has one too. So you can do the same thing with Gillette. And so my wife signed up for it. Isn't Gillette Dollar the, Shave Club the controversial company now? Oh, because of the toxic masculinity thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. But she signed up for Dollar Shave Club. Then she signed up for the Gillette thing to get the points. You got or whatever. double razors. Yeah. And then I signed up for it to get the points. On Dollar Shave Triple Club. razors. And then I signed up for Gillette. Quadruple. Yeah. So I'm I'm stocked right now. I might need to borrow a cartridge. Okay, that's fine. Maybe if you look at me, I'm a woolly mammoth. Yeah. Yeah. You got a nice bum beard going there. 
I actually, um, story behind that is I, I had a full beard going on and I was trimming it. You know, I'm like, man, there's one over here that it's just not. Were getting... you oiling it? No, too? no. Well, no, th- this is while I'm shaving it. Cause oh. I trim it and then I, um, you know, I, I shave it with the little uh, uh, electric shaver and with the attachment to get to the length. Mm. Then I'll um, go back over it and make sure it's good. Then I'll uh, outline it with the actual razor. Well, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like just take the the zero on the electric razor and just get this one hair that for some reason wasn't going. Right when I went there, I think I sneezed or caused off. I'm like, <gasps> I looked and it had like it like cut. bald spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so I'm like, well, that's that. Yeah. So I went out in the living room. I told my wife, I go, honey, uh, I messed up, and she wants she likes it when I have a beard, and so I'm like, and I hate it, I really do. Uh, and so she goes, oh, what are you gonna do, Mo? I'm gonna have to shave it. She goes, no, is there any way you can do, Mo? Look, look, <laughs> there's nothing I can do for it. So I ended up shaving it and I'm letting it grow back. But I'm thinking I'm gonna just go completely shaved uh some point this week um because i'm going camping um, baby smooth yeah um i'm gonna Good. go camping this weekend and it's gonna be i just don't, don't have a beard while i'm there doing mm-hmm. a blinking that'd be good just... you know what's funny i was listening to a radio show a long time ago and um they're talking about I, <laughs> it was just super funny how he was talking about because he goes um he goes i mean every guy who's grown a beard they've always stopped and gave themselves the hitler mustache <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm all, yeah, I've done it. I'm all, I've done it. And, th- and then I remember that Michael Jordan commercial came out a long time ago. He had a little mustache there, the Hitler. I'm like, I mean, I've tried some funny looking things. I gave myself the handlebar. Yeah, I hope nice. we can get uh, the picture of Handy when he did the mustache only. Oh, you know, That's a good picture. He looked like he was straight out of like um, like a NY, like an old 80s. NYPD or Miami crime, Vice crime thriller type thing, yeah, yeah. He, when you sent me that picture, you go, "This is what he looks like." I'm all, "How old is this guy?" <laughs> I'm, all, I'm like, "Dad," you know, <laughs> gray hair and all. Yeah, he silver fox, is what you call him? Yep, silver fox. I grow a terrible beard. It's funny you talk about your bald patch because I have a natural bald patch on my left cheek. Oh, really? It's like a dime-sized area. Doesn't grow hair. Yeah, Super see, for the, for the longest time, I couldn't grow it on the side of my mouth right here. Yeah. And then it just grew. And I remember... Um, what did you put on your face? Huh? What did you put on your do face? Do you Rogaine it? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you mean? What did you put on your face to make your hair grow? Oh, nothing, dude. Mm. It's called age, baby. Mm. Age. Well, what happened was my hair on top of my head went south, so it kind of filled in those spots. Ah. Uh. Well, it's funny. I had, I, had, I had a beautiful mane for a long time. Like, I had glorious locks. And um, started going, you know, thin. And then it was like, I remember, how what year was it? 99 or 2000. My buddy Alan goes, hey, dude, you should shave your head, man. You're going bald already. I'm all, I'm all you know what? Might as well. You know, whatever. It'll grow back. Dude, shaved it, never grew back. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, well, lucky me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I only got a few good years of haircuts left. Dude, it's all good I'm though. Thinning. I remember uh, I had you know my head shaved, and I was working for a um, company that worked on those big uh, food weighing machines. Um, you see them at the Jelly Belly factory, and I was down in San Diego working at the the Costco factory, and. I'm coming back and I'm at the San Diego airport and I'm wearing uh, one of those, you know, the hats. They look like military hats, um, the smaller bill on them, but it's camo. It's just a comfortable hat to wear. 
and I have a shaved head. You know, I'm just standing there at the airport. It was a uh, Christmas Eve, I think. And lady comes up to me. She goes, "Are you on leave?" I'm all, "No, I'm heading home." Like I, I didn't get what she was talking about. <laughs> oh. I th- then I'm thinking, "Like, oh no!" Oh, I'm, that was accidental I'm, stolen I'm, valor. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no!" I had to like, I found her. Go, I'm not in the military. I'm all, I just wear the hat. And then I'm like, "Dude, I, I haven't worn it since." I felt like super self conscious. I know, dude. I'm horrible. That's why I always wear a firefighter turnouts wherever I go now. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a big boy. Yeah. I bought it at, um, um, what's that? Um, Spirit, Adam and Eve. Spirit Halloween. Oh, yeah. Spirit Halloween. <laughs> the store do you go to? I have a hard time with those people that wear the stuff. The Stolen Valor oh, stuff? No, well, Stolen Valor too. That offends me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets offended. But um, then the, the people that will wear their fire t-shirts to the gym or just walking around town, you're like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, what's funny is because, like, um, there's a lot of policies. Like, I know, like, where I worked, uh, we had to have something covering our shirt when we're off duty. Yeah. Um, so I'll see at the stores I work at, I'll see the boots and the pants, and then I'll see them wearing, like, a sweater. I'm all, I know exactly where you work. Yeah. Like, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, like, in the morning. Like, I'll go get some groceries before I go to work, but I'll be halfway in my uniform, and I got to wear Mm-hmm. Some kind of weird T-shirt or whatever before I go to work, and I work at kind of a busy station, so it behooves me to be ready to go when I get there and <laughs> change T-shirts really quick because I don't like to wear fire T-shirts to the store. See, I'd, I'd rock it. Yeah, like I gave my dad um, my uh, my hat um, where I worked. We had um, our sheriff hats, and I feel weird like. If I wore it out in public here, because it's it's not part of the uniform. It's like you bought it. Yeah. It like supplements it, but I feel like weird wearing it because I'm not there anymore and it is local here. So I'm like, I'm going to give it to him and he lives in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So um, he would always wear it. You know, he was, he was all proud, you know, but I'm like. Yeah, I had a golf, like a golf tournament for uh, Placer County Sheriff's mm-hmm. and they gave us these really sweet, like. Nike golf like jacket shirts things these quarter zip things mm-hmm. and they had the little badge thing on the left and it said you know whatever the tournament was and I had worn it a couple times and then be like oh are you a law enforcement officer no I'm not mm-hmm. this is just a really comfortable jacket <laughs> and I, I had to w- stop wearing it I feel weird wearing this shirt sometimes because it has the badge right here um, that's good though that's like in support of yeah something. Um, yeah. for our blind listeners I'm uh, wearing oh, that. that before you say that, uh, we were informed um, that a firefighter did pass away oh. recently. Uh, so we we want to recognize that kind of thing every time it happens. Right. Um, and it it wasn't a line of duty thing. It was it was from uh, cancer. But uh, we we're thankful for all the service that he's given, um, and our condolences go out to his family and his friends. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to be kind no, of no, 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 no. I'll cut me off any time for something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what we we're saying was the shirt I'm wearing right now is a Officer Natalie Corona um, um, Memorial T-shirt. Um, and she died, uh, I believe, in January, of February, um, uh, January, in January of this year. Um, and actually, I did. I went back and listened to the episode. She was 22, not 26. So she oh, was she's younger. even yeah. younger. Yeah, and so. And then she was freshly out of her um, FTO program. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, we just got a couple more questions for you here. 
Um, I got I got one real quick. Yeah, it's go kind, ahead. Kind of a non-serious one. Um, Those are my favorite ones. So I'm assuming you've been pulled over before. I have. Ooh. Have, have you ever? Is there is there a certain uh, uh, respect pl- paid to firefighters between cops? That okay. type of thing. So. Or, or I mean, because I mean, they 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 can't look up and see you're a firefighter. No, but has there been an instance where I've I've been asked what I do for a living a couple times? Okay, by police officers, so I tell them. Um, actually, the majority of times that I've been pulled over, um, I was either on my way home or going to work, and either halfway or in uniform. And they can just by chance. I've been, this is terrible. I've been let go going, I think, 95 miles an hour on the highway. Um, This is in LA County. LA County. Yeah, sure. LA County. Uh, On the highway. Um, This particular one was about 10 years ago. But I had my, I didn't have my uniform on. It was hanging in the back seat because I was going to work the next morning. And uh, I was going 95 on the freeway. And he, uh, it was at night, and he shined his light in the back seat after he pulled me over, and he goes, okay, well, try to slow it down. You have a good night. Yeah. But I've also had one in particular that I can remember I was going, this is when I first started as a fireman. I was going home from work. I wasn't even speeding that fast. I think I was going 65 and a 55. And he pulls me over. I'm wearing my uniform because I'm on my way home. And he was not happy. He's like, if I had a dime for every time I pulled over a firefighter or a correctional officer, I'd be rich. And <laughs> he just kept on berating me and asking me where I worked and blah, 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 blah. And I almost got to the point where I was like, you know what, man, if you're going to write me a ticket, just write me a ticket so I can get out of here. And uh, he just said, I'll, I'll be calling the station you work at. Get out of here and let me go. And uh, luckily, it just so happened at that particular place I was working, that was my very last shift. So I, <laughs> and I never worked for that place again. So I never saw anybody. Um, and then uh, I've had a couple times where I've been pulled over and not recognized at all because I don't say anything. And uh, I've had a couple good experiences and a couple bad experiences, and you know. Um, but I respect those guys, and they're they're out there doing their job. They gotta, you know, they see something wrong, they gotta correct it. So. Right. I remember one time I was um, driving and there was this drunk guy in front of me. This is back when we were allowed to be on cell phones. Um, <laughs> when we, this was about probably 2001. So I called 911. I'm like, hey, I'm behind this car. Here's a license plate. I'm all, his dude's all over the place. And I'm like, you might want to just pull him over. I think he might be drunk. They're all okay. Well, if you ever notice, like when you're driving and you're following someone that's kind of swerving, you kind of tend to mimic what they're doing a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you're going to the side. To yeah, the, yeah. So I, the guy keeps going straight. My turns right there. I turn right to go to my house. I'm like, all right, I done my job. I let everybody know. Turn down my street and I look at my rearview mirror and I see a car fly out of the corner, blacked out lights. I'm like, that's a Crown Vic. I'm all, what the heck? Pull into my driveway. Red and blues light up. They're they're light on the side lights up. I'm like, what the crap? And all of a sudden, um, I hear, driver, roll down your window. I'm like, why roll down my window? I'm like, what the heck? So then this old cop gets out of the car. And then a young cop gets out the passenger side. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> he walks up to the side, you know, he's big and bad. You know, he's all, where are you heading? Well, 
home? <laughs> is all this home? Canada. <laughs> is this home? I'm all, Almost made it. Yeah. So I hand him, he goes, let me see your ID. So I give him an ID and he goes, you live here, I'm all, matches the ID, right? And he's just like, appears so. Do you always drive like that? I'm all, drive like what? Well, we got a phone call. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that was me. He's all, yeah, and that's why I pulled you over. I'm all, no, that was me calling you guys about the other guy. Well, so while this other guy is wrapped around a telephone pole <laughs> or something, I'm like, you now pulled me over. Meantime, family's coming out. Uh, they see, you know, it's like um, midnight. <laughs> Dad's getting arrested. Yeah, mid- midnight, people coming out, you know, and they're jammies looking. Oh, the Hartman boy's getting pulled over. What's going on? <laughs> I always had a feeling about yeah, him. Yeah, he was our strange ranger. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I remember my dad was inside and everything, and I'm like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. Like, And then the guy goes, have you anything to drink tonight? I'm all, and you know me, I don't drink. And I go, um, Mr. Pibb. <laughs> I'm all, because he, he, I'm answering a direct question. Because if I said <laughs> no, he'd be, he'd be like, what, what, or what are you, you know, you have a guilty conscience or something? Because there's a Mr. Pibb right there. I didn't ask you if you're drinking alcohol. Step out of the car. So I go, no, there's a, I, I drank a Mr. Pibb. And he goes, all right, smart ass, get outside. And I'm like, okay. Oh, no. So that's the outside. Here it comes. Full on. Field sobriety test <laughs> in my driveway. I passed, obviously. I go inside, and my dad was watching TV because he, he worked uh, odd hours. And so I go, uh, man, you just missed it. He's like, what happened? I, go, I just got pulled over in the driveway. He goes, you get a ticket? I go, no. He's all, all right, let's watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, oh, man. I'm like, there's some good ones out there. There's some ones that just want to, like, run all over you. You know when I got equally let go when I worked for In-N-Out? You know why? Because they knew you? Half no, off. They give half off to cops. <laughs> oh, do they really? Yeah. That, that's the I policy. Remember. The policy was if they come in with a gun, they get half off. Yeah, if they point off. it at you, you give them anything they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. So that's literally when my former job, I got half off one time. I never realized why. Yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. I didn't realize. Oh, that's okay. All right. The more you know. Yeah, I got given a field sobriety test uh, when I worked for in and out and uh, it was like I was speeding 10 miles and over the speed limit. Seems to be a reoccurrence with you. You want to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, I speed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had been up since like, I used to work clean up at in and out You start really early in the morning. And by this point, it was like 9 or 10 at night. I'm exhausted. My eyes are red. I'm tired. Hadn't been drinking. Hadn't been smoking. And he pulls me over. You look like you've been drinking, son. Like, no, sir. Well, I'm going to give you a sobriety test here. Gives me a sobriety test. Then he asked me where I work. I'm like, in and out. Oh, well, you have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, the cops love it. I was always upset when I worked there because that was when I was trying to be a fireman and I always told my manager, I was like, why in the heck don't we give firemen 50% off? I'm going to tell those guys to let this burning build a bur- building burned down <laughs> but yeah never I w- happened they I remember, still don't do it i remember when i was driving to work when i was with corrections and um you know we wore our sweater over a thing and and you know every now and then i mean you would be able to like kind of sort of see because i didn't have it zipped up all the way because mm-hmm. middle of summer it's hot and then they would just barely see the badge and they go oh are you a cop i go oh now i gotta explain it <laughs> no, but I work with inmates. They're all, oh. And then they're all, 
it'll be full priced. <laughs> I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so scumbag. Yeah, that's why I only go to Dutch Brothers. Dutch Bros. Yep. Yeah, if you if you don't uh, have a Dutch Bros where you live, you guys are missing out. I love that place. Great place. I don't ever go to Starbucks. Um, do, do you have any more any questions? I had a, for I had, the stallion. Here? I had a few for stallion. Um, I know, like in law enforcement, a lot of the myths of law enforcement when people get into it is it's gonna be action packed. It's gonna be I'm gonna get foot chases. I'm gonna be pit maneuvering a car, uh, shootouts, all this stuff. But in reality, there's a just a lot of downtime and paperwork. Yeah, like what are a lot some, of paperwork? A lot. I can I can attest to that. A lot of paperwork in corrections too. I mean, every single it's like writing people up. It's like you're babysitting. Yeah. Now, what are some myths about firefighting that... So I'll tell you first, the the best place to work on the fire engine is either driving the fire engine or sitting in the back seat because you don't have to do any paperwork unless you do something stupid and you got to write your own paperwork. But on the medic unit, you have to write, you know, tags for every call, you know, what what happened, what you did. Um, if you're the captain on the engine, you have to write a report for every call. So there's still a lot of paperwork. Um that's a terrible aspect, I think, of every job, you know, just because of liability that comes with it. Really quick. So, like, if you're on the medic and you go to a call, like you said, like, oh, my toe hurts, you know, that type of thing, and it ends up being, like, they stubbed their toe and that's it, you still have to write up, like, a full thing? So, our general rule is if somebody has a chief complaint, whether or not it's my toe hurts, I'm having trouble breathing, anything, if they don't want to go to the hospital, you can't convince them to go. If there's a legitimate problem, we write what's called an AMA, and that's against medical advice. And basically, it's like we're telling you you should go, or you have a chief complaint, which you know denotes that you need to be seen somewhere. But by you signing this, you're releasing us of liability. Yeah, so I remember you those. You can't come back later and say, "Well, you know, they missed the fact that I." hurt my toe but it was infected and then later i got sepsis and i was in the hospital for three weeks and so that just kind of it's like a cya thing and if you don't know what cya means cover your cover anus your, yeah yourself yeah. anus cover yourself with the a being a different word yeah anus yeah sure anus anus <laughs> anyways what was the other part of that question uh miss oh one big one that we get is uh, a lot of times for medical calls. Oh, I called you guys because you'll just take me right into the ER. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen photos. It doesn't happen so much where I work. Um, I mean, they'll put people in the waiting room if we get them there and they don't have a really legitimate chief complaint, which happens a lot. But you'll be waiting in a, you know one of these busier hospitals down here in the city. You'll be waiting for two or three hours. And you won't get you, right you in. You don't get any quicker. Unless you have a legitimate, life-threatening medical emergency, you will not get in any quicker. Is that even like, like a broken arm or something like that? Uh, so there's always levels to things that are going on. You know, if somebody's in pain or they have a legitimate problem, they will help them. Um, but... Unless it's life threatening, life you're threatening, not getting in right away. You're not getting in right away. They'll if they don't have a free bed, you'll wait for a free bed, and you'll remain in the care of that medic. Whether you know you're sitting on the wall with that patient on your gurney, and you're technically still taking care of them, you're still in charge of them. So that's part of your your patient care until they take over patient care, which is you getting Transfer that them. getting that patient off your gurney onto their bed. 
Um, yeah, there's there's a huge myth there where you think you're going to get in faster and you don't. Yeah, I remember one time we were at the ER for my daughter, and they were taking forever, and I, a bed was opening up, and all of a sudden the bed went away, and I see a bunch of uh, local police officers coming there because they tased the guy. So they got to take him there because when I worked at the jail, we were trained to take out taser barbs. But most PD, you got to call out paramedics, firefighters to take it out, even though it's the simplest thing to do. But there's just legalities of it breaking off and everything. So they had to take him to the hospital to do it. I'm like, this scumbag just took a bed of my daughter's waiting right here. Yeah. So I'm like, we're going to leave. So we signed a little thing and we just left and everything ended up being Yeah, you okay. also signed an AMA, same thing you signed yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people discharge themselves from the hospital. It's amazing what people will go to the hospital themselves for and not call 911. Right. Like people having that's legitimate a, huge heart attacks. That's or, the stubborn people you know, who are like, oh, yes. I'm all right, but you're telling me I need to go. So. And then I got this guy over here on, you know, XYZ Street that called me for his, you know, finger pain. Yeah. You want to go to the hospital on ambulance? If they say yes. We got to take them. Now, are you legally obligated if this person calls you to go out there every time, even though it's a person could be like, a, uh, you know, they're fine. They're just, I mean, either A, mentally not okay, mm -hmm. or B, they just um, hypochondriac. They, they they think, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm dying, but they're actually yeah. fine. Yeah, we have to go out there just because of the, you know, liability reasons. And, you know, every once in a while you go out to these people that call all the time and they'll have a legitimate issue going on and you don't want to negate the fact that that could be happening mm -hmm. so when people call and they have something that's wrong with them we go and yeah. that's what you do so. you just don't want to cry wolf too much you know? yeah you'll you'll get to the point where the you know the firemen or, or the medics or whoever it is they know you and you'll get kind of a okay what's going on today mm -hmm. you know wh what is it this time um but usually those people are people we have a rapport with and they know, you know, they call all the time. Right. It's just it's something they do. And eventually if they get to the point where they abuse 911 too much, you know, you get law enforcement involved at that point and mm -hmm. then they get in trouble. But yeah. And then my final question that I have um, throughout your uh, career um, being, you know, paramedic, firefighter, um, your river rafting, all the stuff that's, you know, together, what has been your greatest achievement um, in that line of work so far to this day? I, I would say I don't really keep track of those things. Um, I'm still just a fire medic. My next step is hopefully either being an engineer or a captain. Um, those are probably some of my best achievements. Um, it's just getting this job and, and being happy in what I do. Um, I'm excited to go to work every day. I love That's my a big job. one. It's huge. There, you know, there's people out there that hate their job and I don't have that problem. Hi, I'm Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but it's awesome. And I would say my greatest life achievement is my, my kids and my wife there you go. and my family. And the fact that I have found an awesome balance between work and them and in a way where I can still provide for them, take care of them and, and then go to work and, and separate the, that part of my life and, um, come back and still be a dad and husband. So that's huge. Yeah. 
one of the biggest things you, you got to love what you do and be able to go and even even through the hard times like you're talking about yeah there's difficult calls you go on and everything like that but you have to be able to go and say i'm i'm excited to go do this no matter what right yeah. and it, it makes work a lot easier make it makes it feel like it's not work yeah yeah and that was part of the reason i got into this profession in the first place is i knew that Every day was going to be different, and I don't. I don't think I could sit, you know, behind a desk or, you know, I used to work in the food industry, and I used to hate, you know, oh, I gotta go to work today. But my job now, it's like, all right, you know, another shift, gonna be fun, gonna be exciting. Let's see what the day has for me, and and uh, it's always gonna be something different. Yeah, uh, I, I I got kind of a question. Um, just just for people who might be like looking to get into the profession like what would the steps be to like start towards that what would you recommend that somebody does well like, i think do it's a go- yeah i think it's a lot different now um i got into the profession about you know 13 years ago i think is how long i've been doing this i've worked for a couple departments um and then part time and, and then getting into my full time actual career department that I work for now, but the biggest thing was doing, um, you know, your EMT and getting medically trained at least to a basic level. And then a lot of guys now they put themselves through their own firefighter one academies, you know, whether or not that be the most common ways to a college. Does that um, give them kind of a step up? Yeah, that gives them a step up. It doesn't give them like their actual firefighter one cert because to do that, you have to go and get things signed off after you've actually taken the academy now. Like do an internship type of thing? Kind of, yeah. You have to get tasks and everything signed off and then you send it in the state. It's a lot more confusing than it used to be. I I got my firefighter one right out of the academy. In fact, I did a couple of them just based on where I got hired. I did a private one first through a college and then when I got hired, I got sent to another academy. But that's the biggest thing is just educate yourself. I would say this to anybody that has a career path. You know, decide what you want to do first. Find out the steps to do that. Do those steps. Do them well. Do them to the best of your ability. And have a clean record. Don't be a scumbag. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get there. So, but yeah, Firefighter One Academy in a a basic level of of medical training is probably a good place to start. And we we talk about, like, you you talk about the guys and everything like that. And I, I know that there's still some, like, females that still probably want to do this type of job that you're doing, be it firefighter, paramedic, whatever. But it's, is, is there, I don't know if you, if you work with any females at all, is there, I know it's mostly males, but do you work with females at all? And like, is there a disconnect between the females and males? Uh, Do you feel like it's rougher for females or what? You know, maybe to a certain extent, and I don't want to speak to that because obviously I'm not a female. And we, we did have females working for our department and they don't work there anymore because they retired. We've offered jobs to multiple females. We're just not big enough or don't have the right, you know, environment for them to choose a job with us. All the ones we've offered a job to have either gone somewhere else or just said, nah, no thanks. Um, but I would say that anybody that is qualified to do the job, you know, physically, mentally, um, should do the job if that's what they want to do. And, you know, we don't discriminate based on, you know, sex or, or whatever. We just want to make sure you know how to do the job and you can 
you can perform to the standards that we have. That's the biggest thing. You want you want to know that the person next to you has your back and is knowledgeable and and can take care of things even if you know you're not there, to, you know, to watch them or be with them. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I dealt with that the same way in in the law enforcement when I was in in the field. Like it, a lot of people think law enforcement is a is a mostly male field, but there are females that want to do it and there are females that do it and they, they do a great job at it. I worked with a couple of them, uh, when I was in law enforcement and they were great and I I knew that those people had my back and everything. Yeah. And it's, if people, if there's females out there that are discouraged by it, like don't, don't be too discouraged. Like there's people that do it all the time. Yeah. I would say, I would say your biggest obstacle is, you know, you go to, you go to, your typical firehouse and it's a lot of dudes, you know, you're, you're in a kind of a male dominated environment and that can be, you know, kind of intimidating, but you know, you just find a way to fit in. And as long as you are smart and you, you do your job to the best of your ability, you're proficient. They, they don't care. You know, they just want to know that they're, they're going to be safe with you working with them and that you're a, a good partner. And then I just thought of one last question really quick. Um, one of the um, programs that a lot of fire departments do, I think nationwide, was the Every 15 Minutes program. Yeah. And I remember seeing that when I was in high school, and I know that you partook in it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- based on the reactions from the students that when you are there, because um, I know like those you know, kids still drive drunk and they still do these stupid things, um, do you think it's working? I mean, do you th- based on the reaction from the program? Yeah, I do. I think it helps kids out a lot. It gives them a little kind of a reality check. I don't know the exact numbers on stats with teenagers and, and drunk driving, but I know that it makes a difference for us locally. I mean, I know that just before this last one that we had, we did every 15 minutes, and the night before, you know, a, I think a 17-year-old or 18-year-old high school kid had gotten in an accident, and it was possibly due to him being under the influence. Mm-hmm. And so the next day when we did it, it kind of hit hard. And, yeah. um, you know, we staged a pretty realistic accident scene. And Yeah, go, I watched the video. That was intense. Yeah, it's, yeah, they, it's, they go through all the steps, and, you know, the kids, you know, partying and deciding, you know, oh, hey, we just need to go over here really quick to get whatever, or we just need to go pick up this person, and to them driving and then getting in the accident, what happens at the accident scene, them getting transported to the hospital or being pronounced dead at the scene, um, and then their parents getting notified at the hospital, you know, what happened to them, um, and then all the way to the drunk driver getting, you know, told, hey, you know, manslaughter, you killed these people, you're going to jail, sorry. And it's pretty intense and pretty realistic. And I think it gives kids a good um, reality perspective. check. Perspective, yeah. And and like Tommy said, we we still deal with it. I go on accidents all the time where people are drunk. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you have every ability in this day and age to get a ride. Uber, Or Lyft. get home some other way. Yeah. Or just not drink when you're underage. Yeah. Um be responsible and we still go on calls for those people and sometimes the troubling part of the job is you still have to take care of those people right you know when they're hurt and uh you know but you do it and you get through it but um yeah i think those programs 
help Cause I, out a lot. I agree. Um, cause I know like with, um, especially like, I'm not sure if they still have the program, but the dare program. Um, and when I was working in the jail, I'm like, man, they should have s- students just come sit in and intake yeah. and see what someone looks like detoxing. Yeah. Wig it out. It's not pretty when they're in the holding cell and they're detoxing and they're literally fluid come out of every hole in their body at the same time. Yeah. There's nothing glorious about it. Or, or if they can just see like before and after pictures right. of, of the people who like before they started getting in, into drugs and stuff like that. And then after. Yeah. And yeah, that's becoming more and more prevalent is have them go, have them yeah. go tour the morgue. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. people haven't seen a, a dead body from something that they could have potentially caused. You know, I'm a product of scared, the scared straight program. I got in a fight in high school. It was just a fight, but I was, did they put you in a jail cell? I had to go to court mm-hmm. and I had to talk to, I believe it was a gang member or murderer and someone else. And dude, it worked. It scared me straight. Like literally, like I was like, I was like, dude, I'm not going to fight anymore. Hey, we're going to give you five minutes with Bubba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See if you still think the same way. I mean, I had a mouth on me. I mean, I was a punk. I can admit that. And I'm like, you man, yeah, but not in a good way. Now I'm an angel. It's a good mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Hello. hello. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think it's, you know, minus that bum beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll shave it. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great program. Um, and I appreciate you guys doing that for the kids. Cause, uh, you know, I mean, some of the videos I see like on YouTube of people doing it, I see some kids in the background laughing and, you know, maybe taking selfies or texting. I'm like, we deal with that every year. You're the freaking problem. You're not yeah. paying attention. And you see some kids back there crying. I'm like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, stallion, Troy, the toy stallion. There you go. You finally got it. Yeah. Got it right. The but, full name. Yeah, TTS or Stallone. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on here today. And it was and a pleasure every, to be here. And everything you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for um, like, like I helping said everybody. And the, the, the military gets a lot of like people coming up to them in public and stuff. I don't know if, it, if you've experienced it. I'm sure you have at some point, but. Like all first responders, military, everything, they they need to be told like thank you. Right. I still haven't come up with a standard response for that. Like when I'm out in public, and people will walk up and it's still unexpected. Just do mine. They're like oh, I'm just going home. They're like oh, thank you for your service, and I'm like, oh, dear, thank you. Which uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy, fireman. <laughs> do my job. But I hold hose, spray things with water. It's very it's very much appreciated when people. And come out of they'll come out in public and you know genuinely be thankful for us and our involvement in the community and what we do. So, um, I think my standard response for now on is just going to be, Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. There you go, in a really low, deep voice. It's a pleasure to be here, <laughs> yeah. And the kids love you too. I, I like to hang out in the fire trucks and get the little badges and everything. Yeah, that's fun too. We love having the kids come by if you have kids. Any fire station. Just, just bring by. them by? Just bring them by. Firemen are more than happy to show them the engine and give them stickers and tell you about what they do. We'll, we'll tell them the, the, the stallions in them. Yeah, sure. So yeah. Do you guys know the stallion? They go, do I? <laughs> 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 and that one guy's, I'll tell you what. I worked with the stallion one time. I ran a call. 
That guy couldn't go. He had bubble bubble gum. <laughs> well, oh, you do know that guy. He ran straight to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. I'm, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we are on a lot of different podcasts oh, listening. Yes. We just talked about that. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio now. And uh, Worldwide. I mean, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. We're, we're pretty much anywhere where you can listen to a podcast now. Um, if we aren't, let us know. Um, if you guys, I turned on Podbean, Podbean, just to hear you guys for your first episode. There you go. I'm so excited yeah. for it. Podbean, that's, that's our mothership. Yep. Yeah, that's where it all happens. Yeah. Um, but basically, any any place you can listen to a podcast, we're there now. Um, let us know if we aren't. We'll try and get on to whatever you're listening to. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, question, anything like that, put it on Facebook or. Call our voicemail at 916-259-3030. Once again, that's 916-259-3030. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone.